Ain't No Fang podcast. From Arizona Sports, Ain't No Fang. Well, it's official. The Diamondbacks have sole control of the number one pick as of right now. Yes. I'm Steve Zinsmeister. We did it. That man celebrating is Cody Fincher. Um, it was between them and Baltimore. Still is, I guess. There's still, like, what, three weeks left in the season. But the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Baltimore Orioles are reverse competing, shall we say, for the number one overall pick in the upcoming draft. Um, I know that nobody in the organization wants to lose. Nobody wants that. And nope. in, a, in a lot of ways, I don't want to either. But in some other ways, it wouldn't be the end of the world if we got the number one pick. You know what? What's weird is before I wanted like I wanted the number one pick really bad because my thought is, if you're going to have this bad of a season, if you're the Diamondbacks, why wouldn't you want the number one draft pick? You will be first in line at the buffet, for lack of a better analogy. You have your pick of the litter. You can do all the research you want, and you 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 get your guy no matter what when you're number one. And that was always my thought. And there are other people that are like, no, the, the, well, the draft isn't guaranteed in MLB. And it's not. I get no, it. it's not. But, like, why wouldn't you want your pick of the litter if you're, if you're, if you're going to be this bad? If you're going to have this bad of a season, like the Orioles or the Diamondbacks or the Pittsburgh Pirates. I'm just looking at this, the rankings right now. Those are the, two, the three worst teams in MLB. Why wouldn't you want as even – I get, like, what you're saying – the coaches, the players, the front office, they don't want the number one pick because that means you were the worst. You were the absolute worst. That means you worst. weren't good at your job. That means you were the absolute worst team in the league in the whole sport for a whole entire year. And I get it. But I never got the fans that were like, well, why would we want the number one pick? Like, just it doesn't mean that much. You would just get your guy. The D backs, Mike Hazen and his staff, they do all the research you want, and they could come down to whoever it is that they decide this is the guy that we want. And then you pick him with no chance of another team snagging that guy before you. Because in MLB, you cannot trade draft picks. Which is still weird. I wish that was kind of a thing because that would be fun. But uh, there's just a lot of draft picks in baseball. Well, and all these yeah, there's like are, what fifty. Rounds? There are, and all these guys are. Most of these guys are in high school that you're not going to hear from for a while. So it's not like the NBA or NFL draft where if if you move up in the first round, you're taking like Patrick Mahomes at thirteen. Thank you. Freaking Kansas City Chiefs, you losers. Yeah, take whatever you want, but he's not going to play for four years. Right. So, but for me, I, I would, and what, and what was weird about it was, okay, the Orioles then went on their another plus 15 plus game losing streak and they overtook the D-backs for the number one pick. And I'm like, all right, fine. The Orioles are just going to get this thing. They're going to, they're the worst. And so I kind of accepted because the Diamondbacks were playing well and winning some games, I kind of ex- I kind of accepted. Okay, I'm I'm okay with them winning some games, but now they're in the number one pick again, and I'm like, oh, oh stay there, please. The Just Diamondbacks do it. have lost ten of the last eleven games. Yeah, they're now fifty games under five hundred, which makes no sense in my mind. It's kind of unfathomable. Forty five and ninety five. Ugh. Oh. Uh, after this Ugh, series, well, after the last two series in interleague play, they are now one and thirteen in interleague play, which doesn't really matter when you're a bad team. But one and thirteen, like I would like to win multiple. <laughs> um, other crazy stats I, I can't even fathom. They're eight and twenty-six in one-run games, 
So when the games oh are close, goodness. they're still not winning. On well, that probably is con- you can point to the bullpen for that. Their and bullpen's been horrible, the especially bulk, in the late innings. The bulk of their remaining games are against the Dodgers and the Giants, and the Dodgers are uh, against the Dodgers. They're two and eleven, and against the Giants, they're two and fourteen. Yikes! But they own the Padres. <laughs> They're like eight and sixteen against the Padres. They own them. <laughs> eight and six. They own them. Yeah, that's basically what that is. Tatis. Who? After uh, after one of the last couple games, uh, manager Tori Lovello was asked by Zach Buchanan of the Athletic. Uh, he brought to his attention that the team is on pace to be historically bad. Which he probably didn't need to bring that to his attention. I'm sure Tori knows. Yeah, great way to start a press conference. Hey, yeah. Tori, your team's really bad. How do you feel about setting a historically bad pace? Yeah, I don't give a shit about pace. I just care about winning the ball game the day after tomorrow. And that's all I got on my mind. Um, that's all that the coaching staff has on their mind. And I'm sure that's the same thing about the players. Um, you know, we're not here to set records. I can guarantee you that. Right or wrong? I love that response from Tori. I do. Um, because most of the time, Tori is very. You know, he's laid back and he'll answer your question no matter how. I'm not saying Zach Buchanan's question was bad. It wasn't great. But he usually, no matter what the question is, he'll answer the question to the best of his ability. And he usually is, you know, he's very positive. Tori's very positive. This is the Tory that I want to see. Yeah, I don't give a shit about pace. <laughs> fantastic. That's fantastic. Tori never cusses in his, his press conferences. We got him to cuss. Yes. Guys. Woo. Woo. He's um, that pissed off. Yay. No, I think but I'm with you. I mean, I'm glad that he's mad. Like, and yeah. I'm glad that because he shouldn't be focusing on how they're on pace to to match 111 losses that the 04 team had. He shouldn't give a crap about that. No. He shouldn't care. His job is to his job whether whether what what I think or not whether they should lose I I don't think they should tank. I think they're bad enough just to lose while trying to win, but no matter what anyone thinks, his job is to get them to win baseball games. And I'm glad that he said that because at least he cares. At least he's just not like, well, the season's over. Who cares? Blah, 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 blah. He's pissed off. Well, He's pissed that his team is playing like this. And keep in mind, too, at some point during this season, I don't remember the exact point, but they shifted to a youth movement where now you've got Ellis playing third base all the time. Whether, they bring was, up a guy named Ramos that no one's heard of. We're going to talk about him in a second. So it's clear that Tory's job is still to win games, but... The winning part is actually less important. It's still important to him, but for the organizational purposes, his job is now to groom these young players into being regular, everyday, major league caliber players. Yeah, and the youth movement movement probably happened earlier than they wanted it to because everyone was injured in May right. and June, so they had to bring all these younger guys up and give them regular playing time. But, I mean, honestly, it kind of worked out, you know, not for the best because they're, you know, 50 games under 500, but now we're seeing Josh Rojas play every day for the most part. We're seeing Paven Smith every day. Um, and those, and we're seeing we're seeing Dalton Varsho get a lot of playing time, and Dalton Varsho's I think really showed something. Um, I don't know if his long term future is at catcher or not, but I think he's a decent outfielder, so you can kind of do whatever you need to with him. But I mean, 
I'm okay with the youth movement. I am. I thought I, I never understood why this team, where they were sitting in the in the standings, were giving regular at bats to Josh Reddick. I never understood that. Um, I know he's a veteran player that they thought could help, and he had a decent couple weeks with the Diamondbacks. But I just never understood why give this guy who's not a part of your, not a part of the solution here. He's 37 years old. He's not that good. Why are you giving him regular at bats? I, I never understood that. Um, well, and they moved off of Esdrubal. They did. They traded away Eduardo Escobar, which yeah. was their biggest trade chip, and got not a ton for him. But uh, and he may even come back in free agency. Any of them could come <laughs> back in free agency, but it that just wasn't the right to, time. That seems to be a popular opinion, though. Around because I saw a report that Javi Baez just might just go back to the Cubs when he's a free agent. I think that I think they're different. Eduardo, well, Javi, Javi Baez's whole thing is like, we'll just go back to the Cubs because their fans will love him forever and they'll never boo him. Right. Chicago will treat a player he's with royal, reverence. He's royalty now. Forever because he was a part of the 2016 team that brought them a championship. If they never won another championship ever again, they would just gloat over the 2016 yeah, yep. World Series for the rest of their lives. And that's and that's fine. Chicago's kind of had to be that way with the Cubs well, for I, a long, long time. I'm not going to lie. I kind of do that with the 0-1 team. Uh, it's a perfect analogy. I mean, I go, it oh hasn't my been God, David DeLucci. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's been uh, two decades. Jay Bell, um, love we, you. Yeah. It, uh, by the way, I have to apologize to Jay Bell because I thought he was going to be at the the twentieth anniversary oh, yeah. thing, and because he, he had nothing to do. Uh, he is the manager of the Rocket City Trash Pandas. I did not know that. Which is the Angels? Korea? No, the Angels Double A oh. affiliate. Triple A, it's one of the Angels minor league affiliates. He's the oh. manager of the Trash Pandas. I did not know that. It's fantastic. So wait, who was at the 20th anniversary game? Um, yeah, so I was, I know it's probably mostly due to COVID reasons that they didn't bring a lot of these people in. Uh, the only guys that were in person at the from the 01 team were Bob Brenly, Luis Gonzalez, and Mark Grace. And they all work for the team. That's it? every day. Uh, they had those guys are contractually required to be in the building. They they had they had videos from others around you know who were on that team like Jay Bell like he okay. sent in a video. Tony Womack sent a video. Miguel Batista, Brian Anderson, uh, Brian Anderson, who is by wow. the way the color analyst for the Tampa Bay Rays television. I did not know. Uh, that. Yeah, I did not know that either. Um, and uh, uh, Steve Finley sent a video in and everything, but okay, but and and so like Randy wasn't there, but they had Randy talking about it on video and everything. I'll give him a little credit. That that's at yeah. least something. Oh, and in so, a pandemic, I get it. I know Craig Council's busy, but he didn't send in a video. It was kind of disappointing. Yeah, what the heck? Uh, <laughs> What's he but, busy doing? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, only managing one of the best baseball teams in the National League. Did you know? Something. I learned this from watching the uh, on on Bally Sports after the Sunday game they played a uh, uh, um, a show called is the 01 team where are they now so they went okay. through a lot of their team I did not know that Craig Council was is the longest tenured manager in the National League did you know that he was hired and I looked it up so I had to look it up no he was hired he replaced I don't even remember I think it was uh, 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 I can't remember the Brewers manager's name that was before him. He replaced... Is that Ned Yost? Yes, Ned Yost. I believe so. Yeah. Um, he replaced him in May of 2015. 15, okay. And Because I Tory thought... Was like, 17. Because I was like... I Because my first thought was, oh, it's Dave Roberts. 
but Dave Roberts was hired in 2016. 16? So okay. Technically, Craig Council, even though he took over, because he took over midseason, is the longest tenured manager in the National League. Giants changed. Brochie's gone, yeah. Rockies? Bud Black. I think he was 2017 as well, wasn't he? Was he? Or 2016. Who was before him? Was that Clint Hurdle? Why does that come to mind? Yeah. I don't know. I can't remember. I think that's right. Bud Black feels like he's been around forever, but he was, was he with the Padres too? He was the too? Padres yeah. manager All right, for a so while. So that throws a wrinkle yeah. into it. Um, yeah, okay. Wow. But yeah, overall. I did not realize that either. And they had they had uh, Jesse McGuire play the national anthem on his trumpet, which was cool. That is cool. Like they did in game seven, which was awesome. That's pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, it was, I was, I was hoping to see a lot of people that were like from that team. Like I was hoping Tony Womack would show up and in person. Yeah. It, 20 years seems like a big anniversary yeah. that you, you should have gone all out for. And, and in was, a lot of ways, maybe they did do more than they've done in the and past. And it was probably do, they would probably cite COVID-19 concerns. Yeah. Flying everybody I think the in. other thing that's going to spark conversation around this nationally is the 20th anniversary of 9 11 mm-hmm. and what that World Series meant to the nation and to the world yeah. at the time when we were going through something so tragic. And I mean, the the rubble was still smoldering in New York City while we were playing a baseball game in New York City. And, and it's actually funny uh, talking with Luis Gonzalez today. He brought up something interesting about that. I was thinking, I don't want to anger any local Diamondbacks fans, but I've always thought about the 2001 World Series in the national context because I wasn't here in 2001. And I've always thought, didn't everybody want the Yankees to win that one? Oh, I'm sure they did. Because of the significant... I mean, they've already won three in a row, so I'm not saying they haven't won. That would have been probably the storybook ending to it. That's the movie ending, right? That the the Yankees win the World Series, and the Diamondbacks ruined that. And part of me is like, wow, that's great. Like, that's... (laughs) You know, you're giddy, because you're like, oh, we we toppled the the favorite. You're the underdog in this. Um, But but having mentioned that, and Gonzo brought up something really interesting I hadn't thought of. He said, how cool was it that, yeah, we got to win... At home, as the Diamondbacks, mm-hmm. and they got to win in New York. Yeah, no. Road so the fans, te- no road team won a game that the series. fans in New York still got that win. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I hadn't thought about it that and way. And all three games in New York were like walk off, right? Fantastic wins, dramatic, yeah, big time baseball. So. While I think we both kind of are right, you know, like, yeah, God and everyone underneath him was probably rooting for the Yankees in that World Series. But at the same time, Gonzo brought up a good point. He's like, it's still cool to look back, even as me, the Diamondback, it's cool to look back and say, they got theirs in New York. I hadn't thought of that. And it was one of the best World Series of all time, if you really look at it, like... The the drama, the big time plays, the big time performances, like Randy Johnson pitching six shutout innings in Game Six, and then coming into relief in Game Seven. Mariano Rivera's on the mound in the ninth inning with a chance to win the World Series for yep. the fourth year in a row, and the Diamondbacks break it up with a bloop single. Come yep. on, come on! <laughs> Mark Grace singles. They bunt. Mariano Rivera throws it into center field for an error. Tony Womack ties the game, and then Gonzo. Loop single. I just thought that was interesting, yeah. looking back yeah, 20 years ago on the championship. Um, other things going on, uh, the Diamondbacks called up a man named Henry Ramos. If you are somewhat familiar with that name, maybe you're like, uh, where do I know that? 
He was the one who got into that fight with the Reno Aces a uh, week and a half, two weeks ago, right before he got called up. Uh, it was an altercation, let's call it, on the field. He got into a fight while rounding the bases after hitting a home run. <laughs> yeah, he earned it. He earned it with the home run. I guess he had gotten uh, he had gotten hit by a pitch a couple times. I heard Tori after after his debut saying like what did you know about him and everything and did you know about the fight he said yeah i he said i called you know i talked to our our minor league coach you know who i don't can't remember the guy's name the reno manager but he's like i talked to him then i he tried to reach out to the other manager of whoever they were playing and he never he hadn't heard back at that point from that ah. guy and uh, i guess from what tory gathered he had been hit by a couple pitches in that series he didn't like how he was being pitched and instead of instead of charging the mound he decided to hit a home run and he got really excited and you know emotional and really interesting story for ramos outside of that he's been in the minor leagues for 11 years he's 29 years old what's interesting is when i read the press release that was sent to us that he was getting called up i i just skimmed over the fact that he was drafted in 2010 i guess i just assumed that it meant 2020 you know what i mean <laughs> and when i when i saw like he 11 years in the minors he's 29 i thought Wait a minute. And I went back and I realized he was drafted by the Red Sox in the fifth round of 2020, uh, 2010. See, I just did it again. And <laughs> I kind of realized, like, this is a Hazen Sade guy. Sure. Then, because they were around that organization so much. I mean, he would have been coming up through that organization as a young player around the time that they were kind of running scouting in Boston. So... Um, what can we expect, if anything, from Ramos long-term? I don't know that he's here to stay, necessarily. They could easily send him down, but there's not a ton of outfielders on this squad to begin with. Stuart Fairchild was here for a couple of days. Yeah, that um, was that was weird uh, uh, that he got sent down like that, because I thought he was playing okay, Stuart Fairchild. And then I think it, I think I heard he, or read somewhere that he got covid oh. when he got sent back down. So, that doesn't help. Um, I don't know what Ramos is you know position is with this team it kind of i mean it kind of depends on what happens with cole calhoun in my opinion because or even paven smith are they going to want to play paven smith full time in right field um henry ramos can play both outfield corner outfield spots i don't i don't think he's a center fielder but uh, they're talking about him playing corner outfield so i mean the dude hit 371 this year in reno that's pretty dang good. I mean, yeah, I can't 95 believe, hits and 256 at-bats. I can't believe how this guy went under the radar. For me, personally, I mean, I follow minor league baseball, and I didn't even really know much about Henry Ramos when he got called up. I mean, I was one of those ones who was scratching his head saying, I feel like I know this guy from somewhere, and it was the video of the fight the week prior. <laughs> but you look at his statistics, and this guy was on fire, just raking at AAA, mm -hmm. and he finally gets the opportunity. I mean, he's one of the best hitters in the minor leagues. I know he's 29, he, he but was come on. Lead, I believe the, what, I, what they said in the press release, he was leading all minor league hitters in every league in batting average, 371. 439 on base. He gets on base every other at-bat, <laughs> basically, is how that works out. So, yeah, I mean, if he can, if he can come up and, and, and continue that, I think there's a spot. I mean... Just looking at this team and how they're setting up, I don't assume they're going to be big players in free agency because just the way they 
they were this offseason. They thought they were going to be competitive right. this year, and they didn't even go after anybody. Right. So and, why would you go after anybody if you don't feel you're going to be competitive? And I'm trying to think of any outfielders that are possibly out there. I mean, Michael Conforto is set to be a free agent, so who knows about him? He, I don't. Uh, he's okay. But like, he's a good player, yeah. but he misses a lot of time too. Yeah, but so I don't know. I mean, and then also a lot of things depend on what you're going to do with some of your top guys. Like, where, what is the future and timeline of Seth Beer? Is he going to come up and be your first baseman, making Paven Smith a full time outfielder, right fielder most likely? Is there going to be a DH in the National League next year? Because that could be a thing, because then Seth Beer, because he's the reports on him is that he's not a very good defender at first base. Do you just make him your designated hitter? Which and would be able to keep Smith, Smith at first, at first and, and assuming Walker's not in the way, which he shouldn't be at I this mean, point. I mean, I don't think Chris, I think Christian Walker is going to be on this team. He's a fine first he's, baseman. He's, he's arbitration eligible for the next two to three years, so he's a cheap option to have and he's 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 all right he's okay he's all right um but i mean a lot of this it depends on a lot of things for a guy like henry ramos you know uh, this cole calhoun gonna come back i don't know because do you do you want to have a i know cole calhoun's a good veteran to have he's a good player he's a good defender in the outfield he hits home runs every now and then but he's had four four injuries three to four different injuries this year and he's basically missed the whole season. So I don't know if yeah. you can count on him very much. Well, you and I have talked about this a lot, that the Diamondbacks seemingly don't believe in outfielders. I mean, that's been like <laughs> one position, well, one position group, really, that they've just been super thin at for years. Well, the only like pure outfielder that they've been using all year has been David Peralta. And I don't know that his future is super clear either. Yeah, Cattell Marte is, you know, primarily an infielder. Paven Smith is a first baseman. Dalton Varsho is a catcher. Like, and they're all they've all been playing outfield. It's 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 kind of crazy how how just I mean, and what's what's even more you look at their just top prospects list. They're all outfielders, pretty much. Corbin Carroll, Christian Robinson, and Alec Thomas are all outfielders, but they are you know just looking at it not close to playing corbin carroll had a season ending shoulder injury christian robinson had his altercation with the phoenix pd and he's stuck in the bahamas alec thomas is killing it in triple a he is killing it uh i don't but i don't know how close he is to being called up due to service time issues that i still don't think are i still think are kind of stupid but well, the Diamondbacks shouldn't be particularly stingy with that of all the organizations. Or should they? Because they are not close to winning. Maybe. So do you want to waste a year of Alec Thomas well, in the big leagues? And- he hasn't been at AAA a long time, so I don't want to act like he should be in the major leagues already. No, I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think I'm not even... Him being called up this year or next year is kind of not even... For me, it's not even on the table because... Next he, year either? I don't know. He's 20 years old, so I don't know. Yeah. But... Um, I I think I mean Seth Beer deserves the call first. I'm yeah he does. Uh, I'm still shocked that he hasn't been called up yet. But I mean he was considered close to being ready when they traded for him in what was that 2018 or what, 19 19 yeah when they traded Granky. Yeah. So yeah I mean for sure I think he and the other guys in that trade have gotten opportunities. Josh Rojas, Corbin Martin, JB Bukaskis. I mean those two pitchers haven't gotten as many opportunities. But Josh Rojas has clearly been the win of that trade. 
Um, I'm with you. I'd like to see beer at some point. He we has to play first base. Beer. We always want beer. We want beer. beer. Um, and how dare you not mention Geraldo Perdomo in all of that? Oh, my God. Would you just... You uh, need to start That's mentioning That's your Perdomo. job. <laughs> <laughs> mentioning Geraldo Perdomo is in your job description. All I'm saying is he's still raking at AAA. So... That's great. That in mind. Bring him up. Bring him up. I'm all for it. He played this year already. Um, I told you I was going to spring something on you. I didn't bring this up as a topic, but oh, uh, I know that you love talking about these types of things, so I wanted to just bring this to your, your attention. I was looking at the uh, top ERA leaders across Major League Baseball yesterday. Oh, no. Uh, three of the top... I feel like I know where this is going. Three of the top ten in Major League Baseball in ERA okay. are former Diamondbacks. Right, yeah. Num- number yeah. number one, Robbie Ray. No, Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer. Number six, Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray. Number nine, Wade Miley. Wade Miley. Oh my God! Three of the top ten uh. ERA leaders, former Diamondbacks. Two of which they just kind of let go. I mean, they traded Robbie Ray, but didn't get anything. They for traded him. Wade Miley too. I think to the Red Sox. I don't remember what that was for. Let me look it up. All right, you look that up. Um, also. Because we were already talking about how great Max Scherzer and Robbie Ray have been. Since the All-Star break, Max Scherzer, first in ERA, 1.61. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I just found it, and now I remember it completely. They, the Diamondbacks traded Wade Miley to the Red Sox for Alan Webster, Ruby De La Rosa, mm. and an infielder named Raymel Flores. Okay. Ruby De La Rosa and, and Alan Webster were supposed to be like, those are the guys the Dodgers traded for yeah. Beckett, Adrian Gonzalez, right. and Hanley Ramirez. Ruby was here a while, a couple of years. He was, man, he had a lot of potential, and he just never figured it out. Yeah, him and Randall Delgado. Yeah. Alan I Webster always thought of them as kind of similar. They had high upside potential, but never really worked yeah. out. Anyway, uh, yeah. Scherzer, since the All-Star break, first in ERA, 1.61. First in WHIP, 0.82. And fourth in strikeouts with 76. Robbie Ray, since the All-Star break. Why are you doing this to me? Second in ERA, only behind Scherzer. Uh, third in whip, only behind Scherzer and one other pitcher. Can't remember who. And first in strikeouts with 82. Why? Without a doubt, Why Max Scherzer and Robbie this? Ray are the two best pitchers in baseball this in the second so half of the season. This is so cruel. I know. I know, I know. The two Cy Young Award winners this year are probably going to be two former D-backs. They're going to win the Cy because Young. Because Robbie Ray has an even better shot now because Garrett Cole is hurt. Yeah, he literally has a leg up on Garrett Cole. <laughs> See what he did there? Yeah, good one. Um, yeah, he's going to pick up ground there. Max Scherzer's been otherworldly since getting traded to the Dodgers. Walker Bueller's been pretty good, his teammate. He's been good. But yeah. Scherzer's been a little bit better production-wise. I don't know. He has more strikeouts in like way less. I mean, if Degrom had stayed healthy this year, he would be. But he not even close to Cy Young. But he hasn't. I can't even name another guy in the AL that could be up for it. AL is really just Robbie Robbie Ray Ray and Garrett Garrett Cole. Cole. And Garrett Cole, who knows how long he's going to be out now. National League, uh, Scherzer, Bueller, uh, Zach Wheeler has been pretty good. Zach Wheeler was yeah, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but his ERA was a little. Kevin Gosman was. Looking like that for a while, but he's been really, really good. But he's he kind of come back down to earth a little bit. He doesn't pop for yeah. whatever reason. He's a good pitcher, really good pitcher. He's, he's one of the reasons the San Francisco Giants have ninety wins right now. Yeah, no, I can't Man. argue with that. So I don't know. I, That's I, just, I hate to bring. Why it up, would but you I did. do that to me? I don't know. That's not funny. I don't know. I think it was the 
So I, I play MLB The Show. I know you do, As too. do I. I know you do, too. And uh, every month they do, like, a player of the month, <laughs> oh, yeah. basically. And I think it surprised some people that they went with Robbie Ray for August. And so that led me to look up Robbie Ray's statistics in August, and that kind of led me down this path where I sorted by ERA, which was my first mistake. And then that's when I noticed that a third of the top ten, essentially, are former Diamondbacks. Two of which Great. they basically just gave away for almost ah. um, You want to talk playoff races real quick? Sure. Why um, not? Because we only have a couple of weeks left in the actual season. So let's talk playoff races in Major League Baseball. Um, where do you start, man? How about the AL East? Um, Can we start in the AL sure, East? Sure, why not? Go for I it. Because I feel like the NL West is a little too easy. Um, <laughs> the AL East, the Yankees were historically good at one point in August. Now they are historically bad again. It makes no Everyone sense. Everyone on their team is injured again. Cole left the other day with a hamstring injury. Jamison Tyon just got put on the injured list today. Um... Uh, uh, I mean, they've been waiting for Severino to come back for two years, and he's still not back. Man, like, ugh. The, and the Yankees yeah, the Yankees were surging, and now the, the Red Sox are ahead of them again. The Yankees yeah. are 2-8 and eight in their last 10 games. And all I want in that division, all I want is, is the, for Toronto to make the playoffs. Dude, they're in fourth place. I know. And they, they've won nine of their last ten. They're 76 and 62. They're only a game and a half back of a wild card, though. Yeah. So it's not so the end of the world. They could make it. But the, right now, you're looking at three of those teams making the playoffs. And Seattle. Seattle's right there, too. Seattle's two and a half, and a half back. back, yeah. Man. The White Sox, the Astros, the Rays, they're all heading to the playoffs, or at least it looks that way right now. They're all probably going to win their division. Um, I guess Chicago, Chicago's the lowest of all of them with 80 wins. But anyway. But they're 11 games ahead of the of the Indians. Like, I'd rather see Toronto. Like, that's an exciting team to me. It's exciting young team. We, we talked about it all season long. It was about pitching, whether or not they were going to be able to do that. And then they went out and got Barrios, and all of a sudden, yeah, I, they, I felt better about it. Robbie Ray is the best pitcher in the American League right now. Yeah. Hun- Hyunjin Ryu is... Is really Still a good pitcher. Is really good. Yeah. Um, Barrios, when he's on, he's electric. Um, they that got that. They rotation. got that kid, Alec Manoa, who's nasty. That kid is nasty. Yeah. Um, I agree with you. So, and they got a good bullpen too. And like you said, they have one of the best hitters in the league, Vlad Jr. Uh, Bo Bichette's a really good player. Um, if they could get George Springer back healthy finally, yeah. that would probably vault them into the playoffs because when he's been healthy, like he's been on the injured list like three different times this year, but when he's playing, he, the dude's hitting a home run every game. It's he's crazy. He's the best player in baseball yeah, when he plays. So if, imagine it's if ridiculous. they had him all year where they would be. Marcus Simeon didn't even mention him. Yeah. Like he's so under the radar, but he's so good. I told you several months ago, I think he's going to be the best shortstop available on the market. Teoscar Hernandez is a really good uh, hitter Super too. Good. Man. Lourdes Gurriel is on fire <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden. That's a that's a good team. They're they're an exciting team, but that's the team I want to see in the playoffs. They must have had Quite a frankly. really slow start. They're nine and one in their last ten, by the way. Yeah, I said that. You, you did. Listening. All right. Well, I wasn't listening. Good yeah. job listening. Well, but when the Yankees are two and eight in their last ten, I mean, you know, they're on their way. Yeah, Boston, like Boston, to their credit, has been staying alive. They, man, they have been dealing with. Have you seen all the COVID stuff they've been dealing with? No, man, they've had almost half their team. Be on the COVID list. Not recently. a good time for that to happen. No, not a good I mean, time at all. It's never a good time to get sick. Don't get me wrong. Right, but, but close contacts, positive tests, 
Xander Bogarts tested positive, I believe. My gosh. Um it's just it's been horrible for them. Chris they got Chris Sale back, which is a nice boost to that rotation. Nathan Ivaldi's been pitching really well this year. Eduardo Rodriguez is good. I mean, man, but like the Tampa Bay rate, like we talk about how close this division is. Tampa Bay is has a nine game lead in that in that division. <laughs> the Tampa Blue, Bay is dude, so the, good. The Blue Jays are fourteen games over five hundred and in fourth place, and the Rays They're have a nine back. game lead. Yeah, in that division, Toronto's eleven games back. That's insane in their division. And what's their what's their payroll like? Forty million, yeah. In Tampa, I have a friend who's a Yankees fan, and we were talking. He sent me something the other day about how they have like the fifth lowest batting average in baseball since I forget what day in August. Yeah, since their winning streak, basically. Yeah, like they're the fifth worst team in baseball. They essentially. can't hit. And I was like, yeah, well, they only spent two hundred and ten million dollars on this team. How do you expect them to survive <laughs> on a budget like that? You can't. Um, being sarcastic, of course. The AL Central is not even fun, so we can just no, get over that. No, everyone sucks besides the White Sox. The White Sox are dominating, kind of like everyone thought they would, and everyone else. The AL West is 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 intriguing. The Astros yeah. have yet to be able to put that division away. Seattle, Seattle's only five and a half games back of that division, and I believe they they were they were just playing the Astros, I believe, in Houston. I can't remember how many games they won. Oh, that, they just but, played the D-backs, and that helped. Well, they play them again. <laughs> they play them again this weekend at home, and that'll help so, more. Probably that'll help. Um, the A's, man, the A's have been pretty much in a free fall for a, for a little while. I mean, they're five and five in their last ten, but man, they were once holding that wild card spot too. And the A's and the Rays are similar to me. Chris Bassett got hit in the head with a line drive, and he's their best pitcher. Right. That's just that's not good, man. Small market teams that always seem to have success, those two. I don't understand. Starling Marte is killing it for them though. Yeah. He is ridiculous. What did he steal like nineteen bases in August? Something like that. Eighteen. It was ridiculous. Another former diamondback I regret leaving. Um the Atlanta Braves have control of the NL East, although it is only a two and a half game lead over Philadelphia. That right division now. is like the that division to me is the NFC East. Like these teams are all not very good, but someone's <laughs> got to win it. Someone's got to win. It. I mean, the Braves are doing well. The Braves, though, give that team credit. They lost Acuna. Yeah. They lost Ozuna. Yeah. They don't have their best pitcher in Mike Soroka. Yeah, Max Fried's been hurt off and on this year. I mean, damn, like everybody, and and they're in first place. So give them credit, give their manager credit, uh, give their depth a lot of credit too. Well, and one of the biggest question marks I had when they went those, at the trade deadline and got like three outfielders. They did. All their outfielders are injured. They did, and I mean, it kind of worked out yep. for them in a lot of ways. When we started the season, and all those guys were healthy. One of my big question marks was, is Austin Riley going to turn into something or not? He is. It something. turns out he turned into something really he nice. He is a really good third third baseman. Um, the Phillies and Bryce Harper is having a MVP caliber season. He They're sitting two and a half back, so Only it's three not impossible. Three games above 500. And even the Mets are still in this somehow. They, they're four games out. <sighs> no, no, they're not, Steve. They're four games they're, out. They're, they're not in it. They're the Mets. They no. can't be. They're no longer booing their fans, so that's a step in the right direction. They can't do anything right. Um, the NL Central is very intriguing, although there is uh, one team way out in front. Uh, Craig Council's Milwaukee Brewers. Holy crap. 12-game lead over the Reds um, for that division. Man. The Brewers, here's why I like the Brewers so much in the playoffs. They're the Rays of the NL, by the way. The, eh, kind of, yeah. Their three starting pitchers 
I mean, they have more than three good ones, but the three at the top, Corbin Burns, who's been one of the best How pitchers do you in baseball hit the last that dude? two years. You can't. Brandon Woodruff and Freddie Peralta. You throw those three guys, and then, I don't know, you throw in a fourth like Hauser or something. Yeah, yeah. And that's a playoff rotation. Yep. That team scares me in the postseason. Do you follow Pitching Ninja on Twitter? I do. Every time he posts a Corbin Burns clip, yeah. I'm like, how do you, how does anyone how does that guy have an ERA over zero? Like how does that happen? <laughs> how do you hit a ninety nine mile an hour cutter? Well, so in our fantasy baseball league that we have, you know that I picked Corbin Burns. I, I picked him up right after the draft last season, and it turned out to be one of the best things I ever did. The reason that I picked him up, and it's funny because the season before in 2019, 2019? Yeah, 2019, he had the worst ERA in baseball after he got called up to the Brewers. He had the worst ERA in baseball, but he had the highest whiff rate in baseball. And I just took a gamble after the draft that he would turn things around, and all of a sudden Well, aren't you smart? Yeah, I'm a genius. Look at you. NL West, we'll wrap it up with where the Diamondbacks uh, fit into this picture. Oh, Oh, they don't. They're last. They're 45 games back, so uh, the Giants Giants are still in first place. 45 games. Oh, man. That's embarrassing. Oh, are there other teams in the forties? Just the Orioles. The Orioles, That's forty-two it. games. Back. Nobody else is even close. Uh, the Rangers the, have fifty-one wins. The, the Pirates are thirty-five and a half games back of the NL Pirates have fifty. Wow. Oh, man. that is unfathomable. Oh, and devastating. So bad. Oh my god. The Giants have a two and a half game lead over the Dodgers. Do they hold that going into the playoffs? I don't know, man. I've never believed in the Giants all that much this season, but they, they keep just proving keep, me wrong. They just keep doing it. It's just, it's crazy. And I have friends that are Dodger fans, so I'm I'm obviously rooting for the Giants to win that division because I want I want as much as many obstacles as there can be for the Dodgers in the playoffs. So I want them to play in the wild card game. Um, but uh, it's just and my friends always say this to me he's like every time the Dodgers win the Giants win and every time the Dodgers lose the Giants the Giants either win or they like it's it's they can never they the, never make up the ground. Dodgers never I mean that's not true because only two and a half games out but it's more often than not it's like if the Dodgers win the Giants are also winning so it doesn't even matter right it's just funny but like I think the uh, Giants are insane. They got guys contributing. Like, who the hell is Lamont Wade Jr.? <laughs> who is that? Pretty good player. He's apparently. great. He's got like a 600 average in the ninth inning. Someone, uh, someone was telling me. Wow. I'm like, okay, number. clutch. <laughs> like my friend who's a Dodger fan. He's like, yeah, he's got. He's like Barry Bonds' second coming. Barry Bonds. Oh no. He's like anyway. That's not a comparison. I'd I be mean, welcoming. And they've got guys like Tyro Estrada is playing well for them. Uh uh, Tommy LaStella, who was injured. Look at the rotation. Man. Would any of those guys have been in at the top of your mind at the beginning of the season? No. Anthony DeSclafani? Alex, Alex Wood. Alex Wood was basically, I mean, he was really good with the Dodgers a few years back. Got traded to the Reds and bounced around. He was around. nothing in, yeah. in Cincinnati. Yep. I mean, yeah, Kevin Gosman wasn't really anything special. He was supposed to be really, really good, but now he's figured it out. He was decent last year, but... Yeah. I don't know that any of us thought he was going to be that for the rest of his career. He's, he's turned it around. He's certainly something great. The Padres, by the way, are 15 and a half back of the Giants. But uh, when there's, you look at the wild card they're picture, in the wild card. they're still in the mix. So well, The NL wild card is very, very close. I mean, yeah. right now it's the Dodgers and the Padres. 
the Reds are one game back. The Phillies and Cardinals are three games back, and the Mets are only four and a half games back of the of the second wild card spot. I'll That's say though, crazy. I hope that it ends up the way it is currently. I want Padres, the Dodgers, Dodgers and the Padres in the playoffs. I don't need to see Cincinnati. I think they've had a nice season. They've developed some really good players over in Cincinnati. I don't need to see them in the postseason. Their pitching won't hold up. Uh, St. Louis, don't need to see them in the postseason. Nothing too ph- phenomenal there. Um, Philadelphia, maybe I'd be okay with the Phillies making it. But again, aside from Bryce Harper and Aaron Nola most, and Zach Wheeler, I don't need I to see the I think the Phillies. most compelling matchup is what it is right now, the Dodgers yeah. and the Padres. The Padres are exciting. Yeah. Um, I know they've struggled recently. but I know you want the still. Blue Jays to make it in, but can we just can we please get a Red Sox-Yankees wild card game? That would be fun. That would be cool. I'd be okay with that. But I want the Blue Jays because I feel like they're more developed than the Red I the Red Sox have been great. They've been great. But I just feel like the Blue Jays are the core of a of a winning team. And They're I exciting. haven't felt that about the Red They're Sox. They're an recently. exciting team. Yeah. The Blue Jays are. And like you're right. They're they're built for success. And they just happen to be playing in this ridiculously competitive division. It's just insane what the the AL East is. It's yeah, crazy. It's ridiculous. But anyway, the Diamondbacks, they've got what? The Mariners coming up and then a bunch of games against teams that they can't seem to beat, like the Dodgers and the Giants. So Yay. For what that's worth. <laughs> um, but heading into next week, uh, things that we've got our, our eye on. I'm just going to watch Henry Ramos. I, I don't think I'm even going to watch the games. I think I'm just going to watch Henry Ramos. Let's see it quick. Yeah, right. I'm just going to turn on notifications for that and see if I can watch him. Um, because he's uh, he's a player of interest for me right now with the Diamondbacks. So that's what we're going to do. Hey, thanks for checking out the podcast this week. We really appreciate it. Uh, I'm Steve Zinsmeister. That's Cody Fincher as well. Thanks for checking out the Ain't No Fang podcast here at ArizonaSports.com and on the Arizona Sports app.